Welcome to Season 2 of Convos with QVIC, a podcast where queer community leaders at the University of Victoria talk about their queer identities, coming out, resources for queer residents and students, and all things LGBTQ related. I'm Senior Community Leader Joe, and I'll be your host, along with a wide variety of special guest CLs. Before we get started, we just wanted to acknowledge and respect the Lekwungen peoples on whose traditional territory the University of Victoria stands on, and the Songhees, Esquimalt, and Wasanich people whose historical relationship with this land continues to this day, and also to recognize that we live, work, and play on unceded territory that is not ours. Convos with Cuvet. For our 16th episode, we're going to be talking about intersectionality. I was thinking just to talk about um, how different, like, intersectionality, basically, mm-hmm. and how um, different um, identities, or my, like, my identities, um, how they interact, and how I might struggle with seeing myself as a, as a feminine person, as, like, a woman, mm-hmm. in relation to all of those. I go by she, her pronouns. I'm assigned female at birth, and I also identify as a woman. Growing up as a Christian, there, I didn't experience as much as acceptance as I could but I've since found a community of like queer Christians and it's really great and I really love that I can have both of those identities connected but one thing while growing up with uh, like middle school early high school trying to figure out your identity and who you are all of that fun stuff I kind of struggled with seeing myself as like a woman like oh this is like that typically like feminine female stuff like liking the color pink um having a lot of female friends that type of stuff and I felt that I didn't necessarily fit that mold with figuring out that I was a queer person and exploring my identity that way I leaned more into not dressing or presenting myself with a feminine aspect more in a queer aspect and I like that it suited me but I did still struggle with like can I be feminine and can I be a lesbian as well it's tough because I don't know I go back and forth with like my gender identity as well I use she they pronouns but yeah it can be like so confusing because sometimes I'm like yes like I'm a woman like I identify like with like a female like I don't know community you know and then like other times I'm like I hate gender I want absolutely nothing to do with it and yeah no it's tough and I've also had like a very similar upbringing which is really interesting (laughs) I grew up Christian and very like conservative Christian and have since found queer Christians (laughs) so that's pretty dope (laughs) we both have done that together because it's it's a struggle to find queer Christians it really is but once you find that community like with people are awesome it is it really is and it's like it's a very different community as well from what you're raised in which is interesting well when I went to a youth group I just kind of blended in with them as it goes now that I'm at UVic I found on reddit the queer inclusive Christian discords I really do love that group yeah it's a lot of people they send like they talk a bit um they have meetings unfortunately I can't make the meetings last term hopefully I will this term but they also have one with prayer requests so that if you just need some prayer you can lean on others and it's really nice and um you probably know from like being raised in that christian mm-hmm. conservative environment how uh, there's more of a strict idea of what femininity yeah. is and what it is to be a woman and a lot of that is with um like menstrual cycle like mm-hmm. your ability to have children so many of people i went to a christian school and they're married now and they have kids and in femininity in general it's like having your period it's like this kind of honor or something we all suffer through together 
and it's really great and how these women all like just love that like part of themselves and I have PMDD it's a type of depression okay. which is um, based around the menstrual cycle mm -hmm. and all of its different cycles like the luteal phase, follicular phase, probably don't know these words and so for a few weeks out of the month I have like symptoms of depression and so on one hand like my queer identity is also starting to be a bit of a divide between my femininity and how I view myself as a woman and then one thing I'm raised as is like oh here's this biological fundamental thing yeah. that makes you a woman and I know that this isn't true like there are transgender women and non-binary yeah. female feminine identity identifying folks um and I can see that now but that was also something that kind of made me feel like oh this one thing that is just so great and super it's not that way for me it's the worst thing ever and yeah, yeah if I could separate myself from it anymore I would <laughs> um yeah. yeah it's very it can be almost like toxic that like creating like just the ideal woman like mm -hmm. based off that one characteristic of woman mm -hmm. you know um and also even just like people who can't get their periods or like even like I feel like another thing is like fertility and stuff I know like a lot of the women in my family literally can't get pregnant <laughs> and like so I don't know I think some people would see them as like less of a woman you know and like I have no idea if I have the same infertility issues <laughs> haven't gotten checked out probably should um but like I don't like that shouldn't affect whether people perceive me as woman just doesn't make sense mm -hmm. to me but like people can get so fixed on like the binary and when like looking back on feminism say like a few decades ago how feminism was very much embracing the feminine um and other times embracing like the very not feminine and there's like this mm -hmm. very binary divide like uh barbie for example and like nerf on those commercials with like nerfette where it's like those purple and pink guns and all the girls are feeling so empowered and putting a feminine spin on it and i feel like as women we want to occupy spaces and we have to give up part of who we are to mm -hmm. occupy the space yeah. and we also cannot occupy that space without changing it a lot of like clubs and stuff how they have to have a female and how things like change when there's more women and girls being interested in it and yeah. how that interacts with like our identity like my i've been talking like, primarily about assigning females as a birth who identify as a women woman <laughs> and it's not just that um there's a lot of like transgender women and um women with infertility issues yeah. and there's like the word woman is a lot less a lot more vague it's less narrow and i think that's great um not a lot more people can occupy the word woman without changing who they are and without changing the space that the word woman accompanies since it's just it's so much more welcoming you don't have to worry about like as a child liking the color pink or how you dress or how you present yourself like when i dress however i want i'm not focusing on like oh am i dressing so that i'm more embracing my lesbian identity or more embracing like my identity as a woman it's just i'm dressing the way i like to dress and i don't have to focus so much on pleasing every uh, every part of myself but also choosing which one to bring to the limelight and which one to more put on the back burner totally i remember when i was like really little like probably up until like maybe seven or eight years old i only wore dresses and skirts <laughs> i refused to wear pants i hated them and i don't know why i guess i was like taught that like i don't know that that was like girly and like lesser and so like up until like my second year of university i like stopped wearing any dresses or skirts like i only wore pants um, even through like I had a uniform in high school and so we could either wear a kilt or slacks and I always wore slacks mm. like I rarely wore the kilt and now I like re-remembered like, re like how much I love dresses and how like 
even though I consider myself like kind of woman, but kind of not like my fashion sense and my like love of like wearing like flowy, like flowery things like doesn't affect the way I define myself as a woman. Um, how would you define the word woman? I mean, more origin it's assigned females birth was equal to woman, but I think it's a lot more harder to be defined, I think. Mm -hmm. And again, I'm not going to try and speak for those um, who have a different gender identity to the gender they were assigned with since that's not my experience but I think gender identity is something more that you feel that you're aligned with and it's more like when if you feel at home when you think of the word woman then that then that's what makes you a woman like that's what makes you female like that kind of that warmth and that pride like it's like yeah I'm part of this I'm part of something larger than myself I think and not just women with all gender identities like it's it's about alignment I'm also neurodivergent um I'm autistic and it's that's also like signed female autistic you don't really get that like and looking at these experiences like late diagnosis undiagnosed misdiagnosed I've been thinking about this a lot lately about how like societies let down our autistic girls mm -hmm. and how they just have to like it, it's really it's really difficult I think and it's very complex um when you think of autistic you think of Sheldon Cooper you think yeah. of the good doctor stereotypes that are mainly masculine mm -hmm. white cis head um with like I'm talking about intersectionality and I feel like those who aren't autistic those without neurodivergence they don't allow the opportunity for neurodivergent people to vary to be different yes. we're, we're all the same and it's those expectations all that fun yeah. stuff yeah and it's tough because it's also seen a lot as like a children's disease mm -hmm. um a children's and disease both <laughs> words like that I don't think should <laughs> describe it I'm actually autistic as well so I totally understand that and like figuring out like I have never been formally diagnosed I've been like kind of told by doctors that was probably what I have um and I've thought about for getting formally diagnosed it is three thousand dollars <laughs> oh my god why like why is it that much money for an adult to get diagnosed like that's like because like it doesn't fall under like Canada's like free healthcare system mm -hmm. which genuinely does not make sense to me like it makes me so angry and like yeah I think it's just like putting and again like AFAB people like tend to get like less diagnosed than AMAP people and it's just like another thing that like kind of puts us at a disadvantage mm -hmm. which can be so frustrating and I find that there are a lot of like queer autistic women mm -hmm. and it just feels like they have like just like th three ticks like against <laughs> them and like it's just it, yeah it can be super frustrating but I think it's so important to be able to find a community with people that like are similar to you whether that is like your queer identity like vet or your religious identity or your like uh, neurodivergent identity etc etc to like be able to actually feel whole I don't know that's mm -hmm. like finding those spaces is how I feel whole you know and that might be different for other people but that's kind of how I experience it definitely like whether that space is online or like in person or if it like doesn't even have to be like you're participating online just like looking at all the posts and just finally feeling like you belong with the group or like the first time can be so helpful it's, it really changes everything and I think with intersectionality and differing identities it can be hard to make space for every single yes. identity and how they all interact like so many different parts of who I am that you would think have nothing to do with each other like they're completely linked to one mm -hmm. another and when you learn about these things one by one you're probably not going to have it all thrown at you at the same time hopefully that would be very overwhelming and you see them as like completely separate you like for example with autism there's that one stereotype but you're 
also like a queer person and even though like autistic people are seen as more likely to be queer those two identities they they can't take up the same space it appears and when they yeah. take up that same space with you it's like okay um which part of myself am I gonna like be here <laughs> yeah no that's so right you kind of have to like pick and choose identities to be able to like fit into a space which is like not healthy like yeah like I said earlier you need to be like cool like you need to like I think it's important to like create like safe spaces for people with different identities and also like for people who are outside of those identities to like to create a safe space for them like for example like I am very much not BIPOC but I think it's super important to create like BIPOC spaces and it's important for um, people to know the different intersectionalities that a person might have and like when you're like peer supporting them or just like being a friend or like being in community with them like making sure that you're like aware and like respectful of those identities and making sure that they feel safe to bring those identities to the table definitely um I remember like looking at a hashtag on um, autistic girls or autistic women just like kind of like feel like validated <laughs> and all the pictures of autistic women were white women yeah. basically it's like it's difficult to be autistic and then it's difficult to be an autistic woman mm -hmm. and then it's even more difficult to be an autistic woman of color yeah. and it just keeps on like piling up and piling up and when we create more space for a new identity it's only part of a new identity it's like mm -hmm. okay women can be autistic but they're they're probably gonna be white and we're not gonna talk about how autism and um a racialized identity can intersect and how you experience life is going to be different in that way and how um for example the opportunities such as a diagnosis or like accommodations that one group will get the other group might never get or they might not get until they're much older yeah yeah and we need to make sure that we're like advocating for for those people um to make sure that we all have equal access to like the resources that we need Thanks for listening to Convos with QVIC. Make sure you come back to check out our next episode. If you have any suggestions for future episodes, please let anyone on the QVIC staff know, either in person for UVic residents at our events, which are run from 6 to 8 p.m. on Sundays in the Rug, or message us on our Facebook or Instagram pages. See you around campus.